There's never been a better time to be alive. And whatever the metrics you choose, the world is on its all-time high. So why living seems sometimes so hard? Here I ask people in the forefront of building the future their reasons to be optimistic and the challenges they see ahead. I'm Mauro Rebelo, biotech scientist and entrepreneur, and this is the All-Time High Podcast. Anu Passi Hauste is an educator, a tech innovator, and an advocate for Finland's educational system. She is director of business development at Head AI, a company developing AI for talent growth and learning to build a sustainable future ecosystem for skills and work. In this episode, we talk about Finnish being the happiest people in the world, education as a distributed network, and how algorithms can help us decide what to learn next. I really enjoyed talking to Anu, and I hope you will enjoy the conversation too. Anu, thank you so much for doing this. So, um, first, tell us where you were born and where you are living now and what connect those two places. Yes, thanks, Mauro. Great being here. Um, I'm now based in Finland, um, close by Helsinki, 20 kilometers from Helsinki, at home, COVID, pretty much staying at the home currently. Also born in Finland and the countryside, two kilometers, 200 kilometers away from this this place. Uh, so not really in the capital area, more in the countryside, but in Finland. But I'd like to bring that in in between this, um, uh, fi- the Finnish context or the country where I've been living uh, so many years. I also lived four years in US and that's, that's I would say, has brought a lot of, if, if thinking about the life. Um, my journey those four years and also many many other exchange uh, times abroad has brought my kind of a mindset and and those ideas what i do currently so definitely i wouldn't say that i'm only finland based which is what i what is a country that i love so yes uh, i'm i'm going to create a new question here because uh, i read recently and recently uh, maybe last year uh, this article saying that the Finnish are the um, uh, the happiest people uh, in the planet. How do you see this uh, um, this context of Finland um, contributing to like how being Finnish and living in Finland contribute to the things that you do or or your life like do you think it makes things easier harder uh, a little bit of both because well it's not a small thing being like the happiest people uh, when when the when the citizens consider themselves the happiest people uh, uh, in the planet yeah, that's a good question. And if, if I put a little bit more, that that one is, uh, I'm actually living in a city called Kaunian, which is the happiest city, even. <laughs> <laughs> so hap- the happiest of happiest I should be. Um, 
that is a question that has been asked Finns uh, many times. And um, also our country, we are well known of being shy, not very proud of ourselves and, and keeping kind of, there's a lot of anecdotes that what we have, keep it by yourself. So um, it's, we, I'm not sure if we even have really uh, concretized the issue for us, or if we take it just as in a way it, it is, and, and as in our the, kind of the privilege, the, the, the normal. But uh, I'm my background, um, what I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of education, and, and that's my also professional area. And I would say that this happiness, I also connect that to the those areas that wh- why we can be happy and why we are happy is that there's so many kind of basic things are well handled, offered, ensured that everybody has those and we don't need to worry about those. And one of those is education and in global sense, global, global thinking, that is that huge thing. That is the, the basic thing, what everybody should have. And in Finland, we have made those decisions early on actually not too early that that's not that, that long time ago if you go back to our history when when there was really the polit- political decisions made that everybody should have the basic education and there is no kind of a left behind and and if looking the education score we are doing also very well there not maybe the top one at the moment but close to the top but really there the the bottom line has always been high and that is something that we kind of take care of maybe we don't have the we don't kind of invest in the top and bright brightest minds, but there's no one left behind. That's so amazing. maybe that's that's kind of the thing. Uh, if thinking about the happiness, that the, what are those things that make it so that you don't need to really think about things, and then you can calm down and 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 focus yeah. on something. So the way and you are, the way you are saying happiness is not the goal but it's kind of the consequence right yeah with which or or maybe of course everyone's uh goal probably is our main goal is the pursuit of happiness but maybe this is something that you achieve through a different uh uh through a different path and and maybe we should be looking at it as like this as a consequence more than um the than the goal uh, itself. So you you just said that this choice has been uh, made uh, not in such a um, not so long ago. Um, my next question is a, a little bit broad in sense of uh, how do you see the world? If you see the world getting better or getting worse, how do you see the world now? But it's inevitable to to connect this with your um, with the what, what with what you just said, thinking that in your opinion you already think that Finland improved in the sense that those choices were made, which means education was not a, a problem solved not so long ago, and now you have uh, uh, all this status of being such a happy people that you are connected with this so how is in your opinion the world you know like getting better or getting worse 
from my basic mindset, I'm a positive thinker and, and I'm believing in people and, and a humanistic and, and a state and education by heart. So um, I believe we are getting better. All the innovation, science, uh, everything, we know much more. And, and we, we have all the capabilities uh, for doing and solving the big challenges and, and ensuring the um, wealthiness for all people globally but um of course there are challenges there is a lot of challenges and we might talk about those but uh um the it's about also um maybe maybe we now are in this topic what you raised that if the happiness is the consequences what are then the building blocks that needs to be ensured uh, and and for everyone and, yeah for everyone so in this sense, so do you it, think... doesn't, it doesn't ruin the uh, the aims. So yeah. one one thing that in a country like Brazil, looking at uh, uh, um, at the Finnish experience or the Finnish example, what comes to mind is okay, they are I don't know seven million people, five million people. Okay. We are two hundred and ten million. Do you think that? Uh, um, the Finnish model is scalable to, or, or can be scaled to be an, an alternative for the world as a model of reaching the same uh, uh, accomplishments and the same success that, that, that Finland uh, did? Um, yes, I do believe in that. And... Um... There is, of course, a lot of discussion around this topic and uh, how to scale something that is so uh, well done in a small country from the 60s or 70s, starting from the 60s and 70s, and now we are in the top. And um, uh, it, it's a, like in many issues nowadays, those are systematic changes, those are complex issues. There's not one kind of a way or one, one thing or process to be fixed and then you can make it. So uh, it's all a, a lot of about values. And, and, and one critical th thing is that va valuing the education, valuing that everybody has the, the opportunity for the uh, basic education. And then also who are, who are then giving that, that valuing the teachers and then going back to teacher education. So um, Teacher education is in Finland is an academic uh, degree, so teachers are really the professionals. They have the university degree from master degree from five, four or five years. They are the, they are very independent also. So there's a lot of trust. So I would say that there is kind of a, those um, huge things like trust trust on teachers and educating professionals who can take care uh, who can really make the decisions and and uh, they they are there's no supervisors in Finland for the teachers or there is not the really a strict there is a curriculums and guidelines but then the decisions are making made on that local level so this kind of a global local what we have in every issue that there you should should be able to contextualize the things and that, and for that you need to be a professional to make it happen so of course in brazil with your number of people it, it's it's a huge systematic change starting and then putting investing that 
and therefore it needs to be a political decision. Yeah, but it's it's interesting what you, well two things that you just said. One is the the trust component, which mm -hmm. over and over I see and read that are uh, kind of requirement to achieve this happiness. So I'll, I'll, when you read about the Finnish experience and and this level of, of happiness. And uh, a lot of people say that because they have a lot of, tr they trust each other, right? Yeah. And and this trust gives uh, even more than um, maybe not worrying about physical things or even subject things like education. It's not really not needing to worry about, can I trust this person or not? Can I trust this or not? So this... Uh, 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 trustfulness is seems to be a, a very important component but the other thing that you said is uh, this kind of distributed network right where the nodes have uh, um, are autonomous or or at mm -hmm. least have a high degree of uh, um, how do you say of automacy yeah and, and, and to make decisions so in a way, uh, yes, you, because you're small, you probably could have a centralized system that could work because mm -hmm. in the end you're small, and, but you chose to go, you know, distributed, you know, if, mm -hmm. if I can uh, yeah. say like this, and we are struggling so much because the, everyone thinks that those decisions need to be centralized and then... Mm -hmm. When you don't have all these trust components, um, well, maybe that's the, that's why they are afraid of distributing. Because if you cannot even trust one point of of failure, imagine several points of failure. Mm. But then it comes if, if if you think about your daily work, would you be would you like to be trusted and have this independency to be the professional? I think those of are the course. very basic. Yeah. So why don't we give that for the people who are taking the most important, doing the most important uh, job? Yes. Well, um, giving uh, freedom to act does not mean uh, uh, not making people accountable, right? Actually, it should be the opposite. You you should be held accountable for the the... As Spider-Man would say, you know, with great with great powers come great responsibilities, and um, you should be people should be should have automacy, uh, but should be held accountable. And and in this yeah. way, the the system has several opportunities to co correct itself yeah. and and to move forward. And talking about moving forward, what would be the challenges Anu that you see? Uh, um, for this world that is getting better, like I said, it has all the has all these new capacities that we evolved, that we acquire to solve the problems. What are these problems that you see ahead? Mm. Uh, of course, at the moment, we we the biggest challenges is around COVID nineteen and 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 what does it mean for different countries, different areas, different regions. And also the social inequality in equality in in this sense that I have the privilege of having two shots 
I, I think you too. And uh, but then there are yes. countries, and and we are in the kind of a position that the not everybody has this opportunity. Uh, so, and that mirrors, I think, a lot of other issues that um, what is happening. Then um, uh, areas unemployment, referring or related to the climate change things, poverty. Uh, global um, kind of a, in a, the in we have this global movement, we have this opportunity, but also the challenges, what what it brings for us. So, um, and and then I would raise again this education, the the issue that how do we? This may be rough to say, but we control the world and the, the capabilities and people when not giving the education and we're not giving that opportunity for educating give, giving people the those capabilities their competency skills and and, and autonomy to to be and then work and do what so they ultimately want. i i saw this uh i'm going to quote um uh, something that i saw uh in a it was not really an advertisement of a MOOC, but it was, um, yeah, it was someone talking about MOOCs, you know, the massive online open courses, and was the idea that these courses are going to release the brains of a billion people, because they are, and 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 I, I connected with, with what you just said. No, we need to free. Mm -hmm. These intellects, mm -hmm. and and the only way to do this, uh, so they can be autonomous, they can be accountable, mm -hmm. they can uh, um, uh, they they can select, fr uh, um, yeah, fake news for themselves is exactly. by yeah. uh, giving these brains the tools to yeah, to that's think a great for topic. Themselves. But actually, if thinking that the, if the biggest challenge currently is COVID, it what it also has teach uh, taught us and giving guys this mindset that we are all stuck at home, but we can act globally. It's not about location that much. So if there's this move and there's this, then this this uh, new in global environment and no demand anymore to stay in, in to be in one office or in a certain location. So. so actually could we then solve these other <laughs> challenges yes. and then this is also so so it, this is probably no i i don't think that uh the challenges we face with covid are going to change the world so dramatically so okay. so fast uh we have the tendency of um, going back to the average right yeah. when, whenever uh, something very good or something very bad happens, there's this going back to the average, not really uh, staying on the top or, or staying on the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe that we always move forward also. Yeah. And yeah. One, one thing that I believe there's no coming back is this, we, we became more tolerant to the digital experience at work, yeah. which is funny if you think that we were already so comfortable with this digital experience on our private lives, right? Communicating 
through even complaining that you know like people don't get together anymore they don't hang out uh, anymore they are just on their social networks but at work that was a kind of taboo and yep. with the pandemic we are kind of feeling the opposite like everyone wants to go out and get together and socialize and at the same time you can see that you can do that at work saving so much time energy yeah uh, and money and but trying not to be biased by education which is your uh, area of expertise uh do you see those challenges the ones that you mentioned there there are big ones you know because I, i look at uh, covid and i don't see just the current situation but uh, uh the the possibility that new pandemics are going to emerge i don't know over the next 10 years if they cause the same uh, uh harm that this one did we are going to be in in you know in bad shit, bad shits but um you you mentioned the pandemic education and and climate change and do you think how how to prioritize on this uh um on on these complex difficult uh topics and as a, you can say education but <laughs> try not to be biased um now this is a hard question um can, can i go kind of a, what i have chosen what, yes, what kind of of i have chosen uh to 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 work on and now i have family also here yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a living office don't worry. yeah it, this is a living this is when we when we stay at home we work at home <laughs> <laughs> but they are used on this so we we are all, all used yeah so my question is that can, can i kind of uh, prioritize or think about that from, from the challenges that i have started to tackle of course yeah which i think <laughs> it's the best it it's actually the it's easy to say whatever you you, you think is correct right but in the end is the choices that you made that shows best what's how do you prioritize yeah so i i think uh, i have taken the kind of a shift from the education to more into this um unemployment which i i also say that's one of the challenges or getting ensuring people get the job and because the education is one pathway for that and there is always there's a goal you want to you want to educate and especially when talking about adults that they are looking for skills that they so that they can employ themselves or they are they can be updated or they can be future proofed and uh, so so that's that's the topic what i've been kind of a, and, and how do, can we democratize democratize that so it's again uh, not only thinking about in finland but because we have this also i'm also very tech uh, kind of a oriented tech oriented and tech geek so always in my career i have tried to figure out what are the uh enabling technologies that we can scale these things and and now um i think that this uh, millions of um, billions of people who are looking actually which is a great huge challenge that there is a billions of people looking for a job or education in order them to get a job or update themselves or reskill them for for the this in this complex world where the uh, the skill sets is always um, refined redefined 
So that is the topic to what I've been now focused on, that how can we democratize these type of solutions and ensure that it's people could know and there could be enabling technologies that helps people to understand where we are going, what the what is needed in the organization, companies, labor market. How can we provide that information for the people? Because all that is all that is um, there existing, and I mean now that there is a data around that, and and it's it's doable with our current technologies like AI. What is the field? What I'm working on that we can provide that information, insight, even for individuals everywhere, that these are the, your, these are, this is like in, in practice, that's your skills. And that is the skills, what is needed, for example, for a certain job. Where do you can get? You can get those in the MOOCs, in the internet, local trainings, different people, for mentor, advisors, and, and ensure people them to, to be future-proofed. And the cool thing is that I've been now working on this for a few years, let's say from 2017, really looking at how can we future-proof people, organizations, education, training organizations. And guess what? Today, I just got this Harvard Business <laughs> Review came in from Post. And what is the cover? Future-proof, future-proof organizations. organizations. Yes. Yeah. So this... This um, future proof has been kind of, I've been thinking, is it the enough strong? Does people really understand how powerful word it is? But now it is. <laughs> I would say no question anymore about that. Do, so uh, do you think this future proof individual is uh, uh, it's a component of this? So uh, how do you see this future proof individual? in this future-proof organization, you know, like which uh, is this uh, a component of these organizations? Uh, what is the role that they they have in this uh, in this kind of future-proof organization? Somehow, okay, let me even add something. Yep. I uh, remember one sentence from John Brown, um, in, in one of the talks that I, that I attended to during the Eisenhower Fellowship, that he said the, um, the half-life of knowledge used to be 30 years, and now it's five years. So this all these things that you're talking about of uh, uh, reskilling, right, uh, and, and understanding what your skills are, what the needed the skills that are required by the the, the market and uh, what is the gap, how to acquire um, this becomes even more important in a world where where the half life of knowledge uh, uh, was reduced like five six times, and I I believe I I imagine this can have a huge impact uh, in the organization. So do you really think this is possible and and how what is the impact of this in the organizations yes so this is again showing how complex these things are and even how kind of a chaotic world we are living that um as, as you mentioned about this half-life of um knowledge so that that is the burning question for the companies how do they future-proof their business and i would say that therefore we 
there is all these levels needed. So companies are looking at how do they future proof their business? How do they understand the context? How, um, how do we, and now I'm talking of what I'm doing, like, how can we take the enabling technologies to bring this insight because it's changing so rapidly and now it's, it's data, it's, it's information there. And we can take the machines to help us, AI type of machines, to bring that know-how, understanding, contextualize what is happening from different sources. If it's from the science, if it's from the news, if it's from the people's discussions, but uh, really bring us understanding uh, about the topic where the, and, and make, bring that for the decision makers when they are making the strategies, for example, for the company. But then how it relates to the future-proofing people, I think the more and more the businesses need, their human capital is the most critical one. People who are doing that business and they, they need to understand the strategy. They need to be aligned with the strategy. And the better we can also conceptualize and make that even personalized for people. And that's doable. Again, there is all that data existing. Everything is recorded somewhere it's a qualitative data and again we can take the machines for that type of a purpose and make the recommendations like we have in netflix we have in news we have in different um entertainment areas like but bringing that into the um in in this field like the future proof in the organization so, so how can we take the for example the strategy conceptualize that compare it or make it visible for even every individual so that they can align them with the strategies, they can upskill themselves, they can develop and which is then aligned with the strategy. And um, and in that sense, kind of uh, when, when, the, when, when there are changes, it's dynamic. It's not a stick solution. But it, it's that that's what we I think we are now living that the, everything is so can be rapidly changed and we need to be dynamic. It's not anymore that we we describe it or we do it in a fixed way in an Excel and then we stay on that. But we need to have this capability to get that insight. And therefore, these current technologies like AIs would be good help on that. And then let me ask Dan a question that uh it it's a legitimate doubt okay um there's so much data and these machines have the ability to help but this data many times means more noise doesn't okay. it so like it uh, uh being in the field and and working with it uh how how do you see this the ability of the machines to actually uh, find the signal inside all this noise or it's simply going to be you know like shit in shit out they are algorithms they are going to create an answer but this answer may be the formalization of noise more than really the identification of signal how do you uh, how do you see this First of all, I think we need to really be critical on all these these issues, the data biases, and 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 um, like ensure that we have the transparency and we we know what is the data source used, and we don't 
accept the machine's result as such. Uh, like machine can be like one professional bringing bringing the insight a bit faster than digging some some uh, sources. But that's not maybe that's not the right answer or the only answer. Then there is this human loop. But um, like we have trusted on professionals doing uh, bringing their insight. Once we know what is the source, and, and we, we need to be very critical. What is the source? What is the data about? And, and also, how is this machines reading it? And what type of, how it's... Um, yeah, that is, that, that is very critical that we, we go after the algorithms and Anders and the, who uh, want to ensure that we know how it's developed how, and, and, and ask for the transparency and, and bring those ethical issues into the discussion. So th th those algorithms doesn't need to be black boxes. And that's a, a very good point. Like how uh, um, it, is it possible to build a business around these algorithms and at the same time, not let them be in uh, um, black boxes. So I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about intellectual property. How do, how do you mix the the business aspect of uh, of these algorithms with the transparency that uh, is required or should be a component of the trust? not only in, in the decisions of the algorithms and eventually in the business around the algorithm itself. I believe it's doable and it should be. So we are not, it doesn't mean that you need to open all the codes or that you, you still have the IBRs there existing, but how it's working and, and, and providing the understanding, what is the data behind and how it's um, like, what are the ontologies or those type of things or what the machine is using and um, so and always being critical for the the results that it's it's not the only answer and 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 also the other issue is also the the that um how do how do the machines handle our data so <laughs> it's this is a complex topic anyhow with this AI that um, where, where is the business coming actually is it uh, about the uh, recommendations or is it is it the free but then the, the the business is coming from somewhere else and therefore there is some other triggers for the algorithms so um, there's nothing free, I would first of all say. So we, we should in this field really think about the, the business models and and uh, and require more, be, able, be ready to pay actually for the algorithms because then we can also ask for the transparency. Could it be also on that way? I haven't yes. thought about that before, but. Uh... It's interesting. I was think, even thinking uh, the other day that well, you know, I'm, I'm in the field of biotechnology and there is a lot of prejudice against GMOs, uh, even though like there's simply the, the evidence um, of the safety of GMOs is far stronger than the evidence that we have a climate emergency, 
for example. Mm. And however, uh, the the business models around GMOs were some people would say, and I tend to agree, predatory in many senses, and that creates uh, created uh, uh, um, because it was so hard to find this the businesses people focused on on the technology and it was not a problem of technology it was a problem of business models and today we live in a lot of the tech companies they have us in this you know like treadmill uh, uh in with business models that are maybe even more predatory and we never blame the technology we don't even blame the companies. It looks like they are so efficient in in giving us our dopamine daily yeah. dopamine shots that people are not even paying attention. But I, I agree with you. The business models are going to be are going to play a very very important role in in the way uh, um, we will. It's going to have an influence on how how much we can trust in yeah. these uh, um, these algorithms to make the decisions. Uh, and then us. even if thinking that in the next scale that it's we are now living in an ecosystem where we have platforms and platform of platforms, so this is a really a network of players. It's not anymore business model in between maybe two companies or two players, but really the chain. And yes. uh, and then like AI components can be really one part of the thing, but then there is a huge kind of ecosystem of uh, other player systems, technologies, providers, and and and. and no, we we can then enter in a conversation of incentives and other stuff that yeah. connect to this, but we don't have a lot of time. Uh, yep. I will ask you to give us uh, later on some you know, directions where people can go to see the successful examples that you have on, on the use of these algorithms to select the skills that, uh, that we don't have the time to explore here. Um, but I, I wanted to ask how people that are listening to us, how, how do you think they can uh, contribute to this um to this challenge that you so like in a way and, and yeah. you you gave uh, uh the way you prioritize the the and the problem of the future that you chose to tackle and and unemployment i think is a problem that definitely a lot of people are going to relate to not necessarily because of them but because of people they care they know and and what people can do to to help what what maybe i don't know if the question is what people can do or what are the problems that you would need help uh, mm. and on on from from other people from people listening to us yeah so now when when we are having this discussion i would say that because this is a complex topic so i definitely need other players actors and we need to do this in a, uh, together and uh, that's what i need from people that there is a willingness for this type of a collaboration and, and and understanding that there is there is no one tool or process that can fix again this thing 
that we need to do it together, bring uh, wise, bright minds and, and, and systems and, and expertises and, and work together and start doing. So instead of just uh, building nice articles or uh, the visions and missions, everything is doable. So I'm, I'm pretty agile in, in, in making things and, and start, start, start doing and then learning and again, relearning. Great. <laughs> Anu, three rapid-fire questions before uh, before we wrap up. What is the book that you are reading now? Yeah, so of course, yesterday I was reading this Harvard Business Review, but then I also have finished this um, one book, what was called, um, in English, it's called The Hidden Life of Trees. <laughs> and then, so I got it from my father, and uh, he's a big tree believer and we have a lot of trees in Finland and I was just in Lapland where we have the beautiful coloring uh, forest very small uh, birds <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that kind of provided me again this thinking that th this is a cool book it's about the their long their long lives those giant books and how they they are actually living in an ecosystem so somehow yes. relates <laughs> great when like do you take long or short lunch breaks <laughs> now at the COVID, it's getting shorter and shorter <laughs> but Ooh. uh but we should but i would say that because of this um that there is this meet zoom and then teams uh the marathons during the day but it has also staying at home has enabled that I eat a lot. I, I eat daily breakfast, or sometimes even lunch with my husband. I eat dinner together with my kids. I have I I I'm, I'm with them a lot of more time. And because the lunch is shorter, I might have time now more to be and then uh, ensure that we have together the dinner before their hobbies and then them going out. So. I don't bother that much on it. Of Great. course, I'd love to have it longer ones, but the privilege Great. is to have the, the other. <laughs> um, and final question, Bitcoin, are you a believer or a non-believer? Um, if going back to my previous uh, positive thinking innovator, I believe it's not yet solved, but um, we are in a global world. Um, I am sure this is this, this going this, this there is going to be a solution that but do you have any bitcoin? Do you have any bitcoin or any cryptocurrency? Uh, not yet. I've been asking that. Uh, we have the challenges that I, I gotta find the platform where to buy it, but uh, okay. I need to. I need well, to. I can, I can help you with that. Okay, let's, good. Let's do that. It's going to be like let's let's put a, a, a task until the end of the year, helping yeah. us get some bitcoin. Yeah, very good. Dear, thank you so much. Where should we send people to find you on the internet? What is the best way to get in touch with you? Is it LinkedIn, Twitter, email? How do you prefer to be contacted? This might be a professional now network. So any any, any of those works, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, I'm and both of those for sure, Facebook also, and and um, all of as being a tech geek any platform works any platform <laughs> of course, works. Welcome. hope to see you also face to face <laughs> great thank you anua thank you so much mara good luck for this that that was great uh very fluent discuss <laughs> discussion didn't think about <laughs> yes. these topics beforehand <laughs>